welcome to the Indirect Vision Podcast, where it is our mission to help pre-dental and dental students make better decisions through the application of new and unique perspectives. Today, I'm interviewing Dr. Sherry Brownstein. She is the Director of Preclinical Faculty at Midwestern University, Arizona, and she graduated from the University of Florida School of Dentistry in 2000. Her primary interests are preventative dental medicine, material science, and pediatric dentistry. Thanks for joining me today, Dr. Brownstein. Thanks for having me. <laughs> so tell us a little bit about your background, how you got into dentistry, and how did you end up as the director of preclinical faculty at Midwestern? Okay. Um, actually, I'm a second generation dentist. My mm -hmm. father is a general dentist, so I grew up around dentistry. Um, worked in his office, um, starting with you know cleaning toilets and operatories <laughs> to um, some chair-side assisting I was always in his lab grinding down his stone models, clogging up his acrylic burrs because yeah. I didn't know the difference. <laughs> um, but never really thought I wanted to go into dentistry until mm -hmm. I got into college and, and really excelled at sciences and math and, and was around it more. Um, so I went to dental school at University of Florida mm -hmm. and graduated in 2000 uh, where I met my husband. So my original plan was to go back to Florida and, or stay in Florida and take over my father's practice. Mm -hmm. uh, my husband is originally from Virginia, but went to ASU for undergrad mm -hmm. and wanted to move out here. We came out here, loved it. Um, he's a pediatric dentist, and there was a huge need for pediatric dentists out here at the time. Mm. Um, so we moved out here, and uh, my parents are actually here now. They've been here for about four years. Mm. Um, so it was a good move. Um, my dad ended up selling his practice and, and worked in public health for probably about six or seven years. Um, mm -hmm. And then, like I said, they moved out here. Um, in, I practiced in private practice for nine years. And in 2009, uh, my husband went back into the second residency in dental anesthesia. Mm -hmm. So we moved to California. And when I was there, I started teaching at UCLA. So I taught three days a week. I taught one day in the simulation clinic, one day in their regular clinic, and then I taught one day at one of their uh, rotation sites in Venice, and I mm. just absolutely fell in love with it. Mm. So I came back here um, after his residency and worked, continued to work in his office. <clears throat> I worked in his office part-time and got a job here three days a week, and then after one year, I decided <clears throat> excuse me, mm -hmm. this is really what I wanted to do. Mm -hmm. And I approached Dr. Smith, who was one of the directors at the time, mm -hmm. and um, asked him if there was a full-time position available, and there was. So then mm -hmm. I've been here since um, 2010, full-time. So what prompted you to go into academics at UCLA when you were over there? So when I moved there, I knew I was only there temporarily. Mm -hmm. <clears throat> we still had our offices here in the Valley. And I didn't want to start somewhere and mm -hmm. then just have to leave after a year or two. Okay. So I met the um, head of the restorative department at UCLA, talked to him for Who a little while. Who was that again? Uh, it was Richard Stevenson at the yeah, time. Yeah, Stevenson's mm -hmm. Dental Solutions. Yes, he's yeah. amazing videos. Yeah, he has. yeah, amazing. Very helpful. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, so I met with him, um, and he kind of took me around, and and I started working there, and it was it was great. I I really mm -hmm. enjoyed it. Mm -hmm. Um. And then, so you fell in love with it and then mm -hmm. came back here. And then what, okay, what position did you start out as? I started as an adjunct professor, so part-time. Okay, was three and days what year week. was that? Uh, 2010, I okay. believe. Mm -hmm. And 
yes, it was 2010. Feels like it was just yesterday. Yeah. Um, then I went to assistant professor. Okay. Um, after five years as assistant professor, you're eligible to um, be promoted to associate professor. So mm -hmm. I put my dossier together, went mm -hmm. up for, to the uh, rank and tenure committee and got mm -hmm. associate professor. Um, that same year, I got promoted to um, director of preclinical faculty. And what year was that? That was 2016, 15 okay. or 16. Okay, okay. Um, and then just this year, actually, um, I was promoted to associate uh, dean for academic affairs. Oh, so I got your job title wrong. <laughs> yeah, that's okay. It, that's what it's listed on the Midwestern website. Right, yeah. So what is your title again? Associate dean for academic affairs. Associate. So mm -hmm. did you cringe when I said? Not now. <laughs> okay. no, it's only been since May. <laughs> okay. hence, the, hence the bigger <laughs> the office. The bigger <laughs> office. Oh, okay. Um, Okay, wow. So so let me just get this straight. Sure. So you started out as adjunct mm -hmm. 2010. You went to associate like five, six years later. Mm -hmm. Yes. So that 2015, 2016. Mm -hmm. And then when did what year did you get promoted to preclinical fact or director? I believe it was 2016. It was, it oh. was the same year oh, or, or directly okay. after. So being director of pre mm -hmm. and then 2021 mm -hmm. director of so, it's an associate dean for academic affairs. Academic affairs. <laughs> <laughs> Got it. That's okay. Okay, and so what is your, what is your job title now, mm -hmm. the associate dean of academic affairs entail? So I'm, I'm kind of over the whole curriculum. Okay. Um, so uh, any curricular changes, we review mm -hmm. the curriculum. Um, specifically D three and D four, so third and fourth mm -hmm. year students. Mm -hmm. Whereas the director, I was over the you know, the D1s and D2s mm -hmm. as far as scheduling and, and, and things like that, um, testing, uh, analyzing test questions, grades. Mm -hmm. um, I handled a lot of that for Dr. Morrow, who's the mm -hmm. preclinical associate mm -hmm. dean. Uh, now I do that for D3s and 4s, as well as overseeing the curriculum, so I chair the curriculum committee. Okay. Um, I also chair both the preclinical and clinical promotions committee, so students that are having trouble academically mm -hmm. um, go to that committee. Mm -hmm. um, I'm in charge of the assessment committee, which um, makes make sure that we're maintaining our goals mm -hmm. for the year. So mm -hmm. there's a big document we go through from uh, patient care goals, teaching goals, research goals, mm. uh, making sure we're meeting those those benchmarks mm -hmm. each year, um, and then accreditation. Okay. So um, our next accreditation is scheduled for 2027, and I was very fortunate to be right next door to Dr. Hunt, who's mm -hmm. my predecessor. Okay, yeah. And this was his office. Yes, this was his okay. office. <laughs> um, so I worked real closely with him on a lot of projects as well uh -huh. as I co-chaired the last accreditation. Uh -huh. So it really kind of helped me move into this position. There's a lot of things I didn't do and uh -huh. a lot of things I'm realizing that, <laughs> that I have to do now <laughs> that are a lot different. Um, but a lot of things I really kind of had my hands in already. So okay. it's been a really nice transition. Okay. And so what was your job like as the director of preclinical faculty? Um, so I oversaw everything that was being done in the sim, along with mm -hmm. you know, Dr. Kramer. Okay. My, we call each other, we, we used to call each other work husband, work wife. <laughs> <laughs> um, so we really worked as a team well when we worked together for, you know, five, six years uh -huh. um, doing that. Um, overseeing, I oversaw the calendar, the scheduling yeah, for all for the first rotations, and first year. and second year. Yeah. Um, all the tests, I reviewed all the tests and the test uh, statistics, mm -hmm. um, as well as um, grades, you know, mm -hmm. making sure the grades were correct and mm -hmm. all the, just kind of overseeing, making all the magic happen for D1 yeah. and D2 You're the year. glue <laughs> that sticks the first and second year together. 
Well, now it's not And now Pluto. it's the third and fourth year. <laughs> right. Do you think that's, I, I have a feeling that it's very beneficial that you were so involved in first and second year and now you're trans transitioning to being involved in, highly involved in third and fourth year because now you can help that transition from second to third year, or sorry, even the rotations like first and second year, you can help the, I guess, communication with the clinic and preclinical faculty because I know sometimes it was hard like with some of our rotations in clinic um, but now that you're you've done both basically so you can help bring it together right yeah, do you kind of yeah. get what I'm saying oh, ab absolutely yeah. that's it's a huge advantage because mm -hmm. I know down to a very granular detail yeah. the D1 and D2 mm -hmm. and I'm learning threes and fours mm -hmm. I had you know I had an idea what you guys do mm -hmm. um, but now I'm learning that you know very very on a very very detailed level yeah and it's been extremely helpful um, kind of transitioning coordinating we're starting to make some some shifts and changes mm -hmm. in the curriculum small small things right mm -hmm. now and, and mm -hmm. some some larger um, that'll help that transition and I'm I'm happy that I can work with you know the executive team dr. Carroll dr. Mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. dr. Mitchell dr. dr. Smith mm -hmm. dr. Morrow um, great great people to work with mm -hmm. um, and being able to communicate more with the clinical directors and the, the clinical administration and faculty has been has been really really educational mm -hmm. in figuring out how to how to kind of bring everybody as one mm -hmm. and you know transitioning across the street it's a lot different you know we're teaching yeah. ideal in the preclin and we're so teaching different. clinical in the yeah. clinic so yeah. it's it's you know, it's different, but, you know, you get your foundation uh -huh. in the first two years. So what are some of your goals for this new position that you have? Um, I'd like to see more interprofessional collaboration. Mm -hmm. um, I think that's the way medicine's moving. Mm -hmm. um, I, you know, one, one of my frustrations is when we get comments on our surveys saying, you know, I wish we didn't have all these non-dental courses, you know, our human mm. behavior and our ethics and our mm. multiculturalism. Mm -hmm. And, and the courses that really make you a well-rounded practitioner, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, some students just feel like we should be teaching CAD and operative mm -hmm, and, mm -hmm. and you know drilling and filling, and, mm -hmm. and that's really not what we mm -hmm. are as a profession. We're, mm -hmm. you know, we're whole healthcare providers. Mm -hmm. So um, incorporating that interprofessional aspect is, hmm. is big. Mm -hmm. um, what would you say is the most satisfying part of your job and the least satisfying part? The most satisfying, probably just all the little moments, mm -hmm. like the D1s are going to pick up the handpiece for the first time in a couple weeks, mm. or the first time you do head neck exams in the simulation mm -hmm. center where you're you know actually working on a patient or you know going to the clinic and seeing seeing you guys as threes mm -hmm. and then maturing as fours, mm -hmm. you see a huge change. Mm -hmm. So I think that that's the most rewarding, and then. You know, we're really a school of, of second chances. Mm -hmm. um, seeing students that might have been struggling or might have had uh, difficulties personally, mm -hmm. you know, turning around and seeing mm -hmm. them graduate and, and being, mm -hmm. you know, again, seeing them mature and, and improve and become the, you know, the, the people that they, that they want to be. Yeah. Is probably the, probably the most rewarding. Hmm. And what would you say is the least satisfying? Least satisfying. Or most difficult. Most difficult. Probably um, those students that um, are kind of apathetic. Mm. Um, you know, is this good enough? Mm -hmm. if, you know, 
you know, my complainers. Yeah. Well, yeah. you know, com complaints are 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 constructive because yeah. that's how we come about change. Mm -hmm. But that's a good answer. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but but more more so students that just kind of want to get through. I mean, we have such an amazing program and so mm -hmm. many opportunities, mm -hmm. um, just like you're taking part of with mm -hmm. the ADCFP mm -hmm. program. Mm -hmm. And and our faculty are are so experienced mm -hmm. that the students that just kind of do the minimum mm -hmm. and because we know we know what we know now mm -hmm. <laughs> they don't know mm -hmm. you know because mm -hmm. you know you're young you're yeah. just at most a lot of students are just out of college I was mm -hmm. the same way I mm -hmm. just turned 21 when I started dental school oh, wow. um, so I was going to go back into my dad's practice I'm mm -hmm. like you know I can all and I, I did I did okay but mm -hmm. um, knowing now what you guys what you guys get mm -hmm. is you know CE courses that you don't have to take when you graduate. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So I think that's the most frustrating is is mm. trying to make all the students get the most out of the program. Um, what would you say separates the top ten percent of students versus like the bottom ninety percent? How do you how do you get that? What do they do to really take advantage of Midwestern? I think just like I said before, just doing everything you can, taking mm -hmm. up all those opportunities, going to every single lunch and learn, going mm -hmm. to all the CE opportunities, mm -hmm. doing research. Mm -hmm. um, our research program is, is extremely robust. I mm -hmm. remember in, um, I think 2014, we had one one abstract, one poster at, at IADR and AADR. And last year, I think we had 22, 25. Yeah. Um, not to mention, our, you know, our publications mm -hmm. and everything now with Dr. Mitchell's, our research mm -hmm. team, mm -hmm. has, has really, really uh, amped up the program. And mm -hmm. you know, you do research. Mm -hmm. so, yeah. Um, I was one of the 25. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> that, that, that extra, that extra 10% of uh -huh. effort or 20% mm -hmm. of effort, whatever it is, mm -hmm. um, really gets you ahead. And what would you say keeps a struggling dentist or dental student struggling? A lot of it's time management skills I've found. Mm -hmm. um, not really, not really taking advantage of the faculty. I know a lot of students are hesitant to come to faculty or come to the administrators and seek help. Mm -hmm. um, especially now, um, now that we're back in person. I know mm -hmm. a lot of students had a hard time last year, um, not just in the dental school, but in, in undergrad and high mm -hmm. school and elementary oh, yeah. school with isolation and, mm -hmm. and being home. and. We're seeing that students now that they're when they're back in person are having a hard time with time management and study skills mm. because they were home all day. Mm. They could yeah. kind of you know do what they wanted. Uh -huh. So I think I think time management and then and then getting involved. Mm -hmm. And you have to be prepared to be in clinic all day mm -hmm. too. So if you're home all day, watching lectures while just kind of doing other things, mm -hmm. you're that transition into basically nine to five is going to be tough. Right, absolutely. And, and, and the D3 class is probably feeling uh -huh. that. <laughs> I, I love nine to five. Yeah. Like, I, that is where I thrive, mm -hmm. nine to five. <laughs> <laughs> but um, so you had a lot of experience helping out students in simulation lab, the mm -hmm. first and second year students. Um, how would you, how do you get the most or how, what should students take advantage of there, specifically sim, to get the most out of their, their first two years in pre-clinic? So to get the most out of the sim is just be present mm -hmm. and be mindful of what you're doing at the time. Mm -hmm. It's I know it's really hard for the first year students because they have their basic sciences exam the next yeah, day. Yeah. Um, unfortunately, I wish we could move it <laughs> so, uh -huh. so, so the sim wasn't on Monday. But again, you know, 
get feedback from your faculty. Mm-hmm. Um, don't don't just sit there and, and try to get your projects done, but you know get get the different steps checked along the way so that you're not developing um, habits that are hard to correct mm-hmm. later on. Mm-hmm. Um, but um, go see the the faculty during office hours mm-hmm. and have them have them look at your work. Mm-hmm. Um, again, just you know, using the faculty and getting as much as you can. Ask them, most of our faculty had private practices, they had ownerships, some mm-hmm. of them have done residencies. Yeah. Um, so not only the dental, but the human behavior aspect or mm-hmm. even just practice management mm-hmm. you can get from your faculty. Speaking about the human um, interaction, behavior mm-hmm. aspect, what would you tell a, maybe a third or a fourth year student struggling with case acceptance mm-hmm. or maybe a young dentist? Um, just keep talking to people mm-hmm. um, and, and find a mentor. Mm-hmm. Talk, to your, talk to your faculty, your CCCs, your CCFs, mm-hmm. um, and watch, watch other people, people that you know that are successful mm-hmm. in speaking to, to patients and treatment planning. Mm-hmm. Um, watch them mm-hmm. and see what they do. Go see Dr. or Mr. Takis. Yeah. You know? he's, yeah. he's great at, at, um, at you know, educating people on, mm-hmm. on interacting with, with, mm-hmm. other, with others. Um, again, utilize your faculty. Yeah, <laughs> utilize your faculty. Um, something that I've been really interested in recently are dental analogies, how you explain mm-hmm. to patients using analogies because people learn better with analogies, essentially. Absolutely. Did you have any go-to dental analogies that you would use when explaining treatment plans to patients? I know it's mm-hmm. kind of hard to think of on the spot, <laughs> but, but if any come to mind, and if mm-hmm. not, I can just move on to the next question. Yeah, I mean, when you're when you're talking about treatment plans to patients, and they're and they're, you know, a lot of it's financial mm-hmm. patients. It's t- time and money. Um, so you could, I mean, you can always use an analogy of okay, you know, this is going to cost this, and make an analogy of something else that mm-hmm. you know, that, that's about the same cost. But mm-hmm. you're absolutely correct that I know some of our best teachers, our best lecturers. Mm-hmm. Um, Dr. McDaniel being one of them yeah. uses a lot of analogies. Dr. Mitchell, our material science. Uh-huh. Um, lecturer, I wish I had him as a as a dental materials yeah. lecturer yeah, because he, he explains things so well mm-hmm. because he uses analogies. Mm-hmm. I mean, our co- college in our Denton is a bowl of spaghetti. You yeah, know, yeah, <laughs> so. no, that's good. Actually, Dr. McDaniel's perio analogy about the house, the mm-hmm. gums being the foundation. Yep, I use that every day. Right, I use it every day. <laughs> oh my word! But it's so true, mm-hmm. and it honestly it helps me as a student too. Um, understanding those those analogies and being able to use them for patients because mm-hmm. if it makes sense to patients it makes sense if it makes sense yeah it makes sense to the dentist or the operator um, I actually just got a book on Kendall Kendall called dental analogies I haven't yeah, read it great. yet mm-hmm. so I don't know how good it is so I'm not promoting it not yet <laughs> but yeah I'll let you know how it is um what so you've been at Midwestern for 10 11 years now mm-hmm. So what's, and you've been at other dental schools too, one other dental mm-hmm. school, but I'm sure you've interacted with a lot of other people from other dental schools throughout your yes. time here. So what makes Midwestern different or unique from other dental schools? Um, our culture, I think, is a lot different. Mm-hmm. I, you know, meeting with students, they, you know, they always say, I'm so glad I came here. Mm-hmm. The faculty are all approachable. Mm-hmm. The administration's appro- approachable. Mm-hmm. I feel like, I feel comfortable here. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a safe environment. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, we do have to have procedures and policies just like every other dental school. Mm-hmm. And, and sometimes on a student perspective or even a faculty perspective, you might not understand those policies. Mm-hmm. Um, 
but there's people in you know upper university administration that know a lot a lot of things we don't know mm-hmm. and yeah. that's and that's yeah, yeah. Wh- where a lot of those decisions are driven mm-hmm. um, so that's uh, that's it and how how do you think midwestern will improve like maybe five ten years down the road mm-hmm. i I think that we improve because our leadership uh-huh. is always seeking improvement. Uh-huh. Um, Dr. Smith, Dean Smith, is mm-hmm. he's always you know, in our meetings, you know, how can mm-hmm. we make it better, how can mm-hmm. we make it better, and the, the faculty always want to make it better. Mm-hmm. Um, I think we're going to increase our technology just like we always have. Mm-hmm. Um, our faculty will become more seasoned, mm-hmm. and um, mm-hmm. as far as the academic portion, you know, most of the faculty here were clinicians. Mm-hmm. Um, you don't become an academic overnight. Yeah. Um, I probably cringe if I look at my test questions from 2010. <laughs> um, now I'm, t- you know, helping to teach the faculty uh-huh. how to write test questions yeah. and analyze test questions. Yeah. yeah. Um, so I think I think that part is always going to be improving. Uh-huh. Um, and then again, comments from students, mm-hmm. um, our liaison committees, mm-hmm. things like that. Um, we really listen to them. Uh, all the surveys mm-hmm. that you guys mm-hmm. fill out, we look at all the comments, mm-hmm. um, and that's how improvements are made. Um, if you were to graduate today, mm-hmm. knowing you wanted to go into academics, what would be kind of like your your plan to get into academics? Would you go straight into academics, like year one, or would you get some clinical experience first? and then transition into academics, kind of like what you did? Mm-hmm. Or what would be like your your plan? So I would absolutely practice dentistry, mm-hmm. um, general dentistry. If I was not busy enough when I first started, I'd try to get a part-time job mm-hmm. at a dental school, um, like a one day a week, mm-hmm. um, to kind of see if, see if I liked it, mm-hmm. actually teaching. Mm-hmm. Um, then maybe transition to giving a guest lecture mm-hmm. um, and talking to full-time faculty. When I was part-time faculty, I had no idea what it took behind the scenes. I came in, yeah. I taught in the sim, had fun. Yeah. Breaks, I wasn't here. Yeah. <laughs> you know, uh, finals yeah. week, I wasn't here. It yeah. was you know thirty weeks a year. Uh huh. Um, and we always say you go from part time to overtime. <laughs> <laughs> That's good. <laughs> because there's a lot, a lot of that goes on in the background to make yeah. make the day to day happen. Yeah. yeah. Um, especially you know in the sim, but also especially in the clinic. Mm-hmm. Um, because you're seeing patients, mm-hmm. so I would I would suggest you you know go into private practice or, or or practice in any you know capacity for at least five years, mm. um, and then you know maybe transition. Mm-hmm. And your value to students will probably increase with that time mm-hmm. that you spent in clinical dentistry, right. especially if you're teaching in the clinic with patients. Yeah, yeah, um, and preclinical mm-hmm. too. Right, just knowing, like just. The little nuggets of wisdom. Mm-hmm. Um, I know you have a meeting soon, so I'll, this will be my last question. Sure. Um, knowing what you know now, mm-hmm. what's one piece of advice you would give your first-year dental student self? My first-year dental student self. Let me remember back that far. <laughs> <laughs> Um, I, I and I, I feel like I'm saying the same thing over and over again. But just get the most out of your dental education. We have. Uh-huh the best clinical program in the country, mm-hmm. if not in the world. Mm-hmm. Um, that's my opinion. Mm-hmm. <laughs> there, there's, no, there's no data. Um, but just seeing what our students, how our students graduate, um, not only just the procedures that they do, but the experiences they've had, the maturity level, mm-hmm. um, the interaction with patients, mm-hmm. um, 
just you know do everything you can don't um, know where your priorities are mm -hmm. you know, a lot of students have families and absolutely your family is a priority mm -hmm. um, you need to take care of yourself you need to exercise you mm -hmm. need to eat right you know take time I'm not saying spend all your free time mm -hmm. doing dental related activities mm -hmm. but but make it make it your priority four years goes by fast I'm sure mm -hmm. you, you oh you're, you're in your third so year fast. so it's you probably yeah. feel like you just started dental school yeah no totally. it'll go by in a blink of an eye and then you're gonna yeah. be on your own yeah um, in most cases doing dentistry so uh -huh. yeah just you know it's it's a it's not a sprint it's a marathon mm -hmm. but it's a short marathon yeah um, and just just know that the you know the end will be here uh -huh. and, and the, the time that you put into it during the four years is going to um, benefit you hugely when yeah. you get out yeah well, thank you so much for doing this with me, Dr. Brownstein. This was a lot of fun. Thanks for having me. And thanks to all our listeners today for listening. Have And join us again next time for another episode of the Indirect Vision Podcast.